0: Hey everybody! Happy Valentine's Day! I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, mash. He did the monster man! It was a graveyard smash. What's up, everybody? It's me, Timothy. Halloween 3 is the best Halloween Yates here. I am ready to come at you guys on a special Halloween-themed episode of Speaking of Nothing. Yeah! Some spooky organ. Let's get going. All right, so on the program today... We're going to do a quick top 5 songs that I think are scary but were not necessarily written to be scary. And then uh I'm going to just real quick, this isn't going to be a super long thing, uh but we're going to talk a little about a, a little bit about the music of the Halloween franchise. Yeah, John Carpenter, he's known as, as the one of the greatest horror directors of all time, and he is also known as, you know, a great composer. He did the music for a lot of his films, and we're going to get into, I'm going to talk through at least the first three Halloween films uh, and kind of break down the scores for those, and then we might talk a little bit about, we'll probably talk a little bit about four in five, at least, because Alan Howarth did the scores for those. And I'll talk a little bit about the 2018 score for the newest movie as well. And this is just going to be kind of like a speaking-of-nothing Halloweenies episode. You know, a little crossover, except none of the Halloweenies are on this episode. So let's, we got a lot of ground to cover, so let's quickly, let's do this take five. Please, Mr. Mr. Brubeck. <laughs> All right, so a lot of these stem from like when I was a kid, and uh, I would I would hear these songs uh, at an early age. Most of them are classic rock tunes, and they would uh, they kind of freak me out enough that I would maybe turn the radio off or I would uh, go skip the track or do something else when when I heard these songs um and I'll kind of maybe I'll get into the psyche and touch on them just a little bit but today's list this is five songs that I find scary or at least I found scary that are not necessarily horror songs they're not like they didn't these artists I don't believe made them with the intent to be like, "Oh yeah, let's let's really freak some people out." Um, they're just creepy. I think these songs are kind of creepy. So, let's go down the list. At number 5, I have a CCR track here. No, it's not I put a spell on you, which is a great Halloween track. This at number 5 is the song Run Through the Jungle. There's the line about Satan in there, and uh, John Fogerty's delivery of this whole song has always uh, always kind of creeped me out a little bit. And I, I don't know, every time I hear it, I imagine like something running through the woods to come and get me. And I got a copy of CCR's like, C- Chronicle when I was very, very young. So that is probably why this song has always kind of freaked me out a little bit. Did so CCR run through the jungle at five? Number four, this one might have been made with the intent to scare people, but it is the hidden track on Nevermind, Nirvana's *Endless Nameless*. This, I mean, this track always freaked me out. Um, but nothing freaks me out more than those, uh, those, you know, mannequin dolls that were used in like the In Utero tour that were on stage with them, like Kurt Cobain, like decapitates one in the Live and Loud show. And um, something about Endless Nameless just makes me think of those things and them wanting to, like, come and get me. And and it's it's creepy. And also, it's a little unexpected if you don't know that the Hidden Tracks there. When it comes on, you're like, what is this? And Hidden Tracks have a tendency to do that. I'll tell you another story about Hidden Tracks. We'll do an episode on Hidden Tracks, and I'll tell you about it. All right, at number three... Led Zeppelin's no quarter. Led Zeppelin's always been kind of a spooky band for me, and we've talked about my ups and downs with my relationship with that band for for, for a while now. but no quarter is, I think, always been one of my favorite Led Zeppelin tunes. And I think the reason is because it sounds so unsettling. Um, it's the vocal effect. It's the the thought of a snowy night coming in and and closing in and I can just imagine you know being in like the cabin from Evil Dead or something and but with snow and and this song is playing and it's spooky and the guitar riff is chugging along Led Zeppelin I think has a lot of songs that could have made it onto this list that are are kind of creepy but I would have to say No Quarter is the creepiest Led Zeppelin song sticking with classic rock at number two, Speak to Me into Breathe, the first and second track on Dark Side of the Moon. I've always loved the album Dark Side of the Moon. It was like the first album I remember buying. I bought a CD copy at Kmart. And the reason I bought it is because my sisters were doing that thing where you would sync up Dark Side of the Moon to The Wizard of Oz and kind of make it the Dark Side of the Rainbow, which people think is cool or whatever you know all these weird coincidences that happen but the Wizard of Oz is kind of a scary movie and so I always thought that that was terrifying and like the heartbeat that starts off the track and the the screaming from from the gal which I think is just a clip from the great gig in the sky all of this album is very very creepy and my dad told me once that in the 70s when him and his buddies would drive around If someone put in Dark Side of the Moon, like, some weird stuff would happen. Like, they'd almost get in an accident, or they'd get some bad news or something. So, Dark Side of the Moon has always been kind of in my head. I've always loved the record, but I've also kind of had that connotation that maybe that album is, like, cursed or something. And Flying Monkeys are terrifying. And I'll never get the image of that album and Flying Monkeys out of my head. So... Yep, that's my number two. And at number one, this song I think is the creepiest song ever written. It's the song by the Moody Blues, Nights in White Satin. I think you can all agree. This song was used in one of Rob Zombie's Halloween remakes. I don't remember which one. But I never saw that as a kid, so I didn't know that until literally last year. So... Uh, I always thought the song was just creepy by itself. I had the, or I had made the, the playlist from the, the book Perks of Being a Wallflower, um, the one winner playlist, and that song's on it, and I always hated when I got to the end of the track, there was all that beautiful minor uh, string in music, instrumental music, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, that guy comes on, he's like, breathe deep the gathering gloom and you're like oh my gosh this is this is terrifying and um that always gets you and then i had a friend who said that you ever notice you never hear nights at whites nights in white satin during the day like you never drive in and it's a sunlit day beautiful day out summer day and nights in white satin is playing on your radio no radio djs only play that friggin' song at like 2 a.m. When you're driving home way late at night, and then that song comes on, and you gotta drive, and it's dark and creepy, and this song is just creeping through your stereo, and it's all trying to put you to sleep so that the members of the Moody Blues can come and cast some kind of spell on you and and get you, and it's it's spooky. I don't like it. Well, anyways, that's my top five. this kid who comes into the music store i work at every monday and he will play the same four songs on the piano before his piano lesson every single night and i uh i hate it because i'm like please play other songs because i'm sick of hearing these but one of the songs he plays is the halloween theme and when he hits it I always kind of breathe a little sigh of relief because I like the Halloween theme. I like it a lot. It's uh the Halloween original soundtrack, original motion picture soundtrack that John Carpenter did in like a day for the movie. Uh, less than less than that, I believe. Uh he the original soundtrack is one of the only uh movie soundtracks that I keep Saved in my library all year round. I can listen to any song on the original Halloween soundtrack. And I will and, and just be like, this is fine. I, it is a great, great piece of, of uh, art. Not only is it a, a wonderful, wonderful soundtrack for the film. But it is also just a good, fun album. Mostly, mostly piano, but you've got, you've got that heavy use of synthesizers, which really kind of speared off and started a new kind of genre, um, Halloween, the original Halloween 1978 is when this one came out. And after that, um, you kind of saw the rise of like synth wave music and, and people who actually would cite John Carpenter as an influence in the music they made. Not, not to mention that it kind of set a precedent for how horror movies were scored. Like you would put, like you would have any synth- the horror movie, you just throw a synthesizer in there, and suddenly it's it's spooky. It's been tracked the the Halloween way. It, it it's is now how you track a horror movie. Um, it it, it follows as a film that comes to mind, uh, which it follows came out it was three or four years ago um now but that movie was all like 80s synthesizer and it's it's very effective it's very scary and it's one of my favorite horror movies i've seen in the last four to five years and uh another thing that i think really borrows a lot of that synthesizer to kind of root themselves in that 80s horror thing stranger things the duffer brothers in that that Stranger Things opening monologue and all the synthesizers, that is, like, straight-up 80s horror movie classic stuff right there. And not only is, like, just the Halloween theme, like, an iconic part of that score, I, I mentioned, you know, like, the other tracks on there are are, are great. Like, take a listen to Laurie's theme here real quick. You'll recognize it right away. with each other and play off each other in your left and your right channel. And I am thinking there's something wrong with my board here. I'm not quite getting the clearest tones, which is not fantastic, but, you know, I'm making do with what I what I got and quite honestly, they'll probably just take this episode down once they realize how much of these tracks I'm playing. Yeah, I mean, the the original the original Halloween motion picture soundtrack is is full of of of, of Great recognizable horror things and things that would go on to, you know, not only entertain uh, enter- entertain people forever through the Halloween film, but also, you know, kind of spearhead a bunch of jokes between me and my friends. Michael Kills Judith uh, is played all the time. Uh, Jake would play it all the time to scare me. He would, like, hide somewhere in a Michael Myers mask, and then he'd pop out, and he would play that. Or it would. we'd be, like, you know, doing something, totally unrelated. It would get quiet, and then out of nowhere, he would just pull up this soundtrack on his phone, and he just... I would jump every time. And Halloween, the Halloween film kind of goes, it goes into my own personal life enough that we we actually named our record after a track, our, our second record is named after a track on the Halloween original soundtrack called Better Check the Kids. if you're wondering where that title comes from that's it that's where it came from it uh, it comes from the John Carpenter original Halloween soundtrack well Time went on and, and Alan Howarth and John Carpenter, uh, good good buddies, um, worked on the soundtrack for Halloween 2, which was directed by Rick Rosenthal and is uh, the only Halloween film he ever directed because we don't talk about Resurrection and we're not going to talk about it today. So, what did what did uh what did they do for Halloween 2? They kind of use a similar the same kind of stuff. They just beef it up with hella sense like listen to the Halloween theme from Halloween 2 That's a much beefier boy. It's 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 spookier. Honestly, I feel that because of the music in Halloween Two, Halloween Two is a more frightening film. Now, in both of these films, you've got like you've got some uh, songs that are not like soundtrack songs. Um, there's two scene. There's two scenes where Annie and Laurie are driving around in the car and Blue Ocer Cold's Don't Fear the Reaper comes on. And then there is a song that was like a band John Carpenter was in or something, um, that is played very briefly. But those are the only two songs in in uh in Halloween. In Halloween two, they add uh the Cordette's Mr. Sandman, which uh is is played at the very end of the film as Lori is being taken away, spoilers, in the ambulance and she's like horrified at this experience that that she's just befallen and this song comes on. Mr. him the cutest that i've ever seen bum, 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 bum. give him two lips like roses and clover bum, 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 bum. then tell him that his lonesome nights are over yes no it is it's uh um i i think it, i'm probably not right but i think that's one of the first uses of just a regular song in a horror movie that is in no way scary, but because of how it is used in the film, it it forever becomes a frightening song. I mean, I can't hear that song and not think of not think of uh, of of Halloween or Back to the Future. I guess I can't hear that song and not think about Dean Cundy. Yeah. Well, anyways. It's it's uh it's a fantastic use of a not scary song to put it into a scary thing, and now people are doing that for for everything. Like uh, I mean, Jordan Peele did that in uh, Us with uh with the Five on It song. I don't know the name of that song. I'm sorry, but you know he, he likes they in the trailer they like, slow it down, make it creepy. Or there's tons of movies where like kids songs are put in there. It's like Mary had a little lamb and then they add like laughing and now suddenly it's scary right that's all you need to do and i i feel like halloween 2 was really the first kind of use of that and the and the halloween 2 soundtrack is uh, is fantastic and it, it's it's beefier versions of the original stuff and I, I think i think i might like it a little little bit more i think it's a little creepier than the original i'll put it that way Well, after Halloween 2, we got something else. John Carpenter, I believe, he did the fog in between Halloween and Halloween 2. And then John Carpenter did not direct Halloween 3, but he did work on the soundtrack with Alan Howarth again. And that team-up is really what we all came for right because there wasn't any michael myers i think that halloween three is halloween three is my favorite of the halloweens and i think that of all the scores of the halloween films um halloween threes is is my favorite um let's let's tune into a little bit of that which you might not be as familiar with I'll break in right here just to kind of say that the visualization of this opening montage with the actual opening, which is like a computer animation of uh, of a pumpkin being like created out of just orange lines, I always loved that uh, because the little beep 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 beeps are like perfectly sequenced up with how that pumpkin is created. Um, I don't know if they actually scored this film while watching it but regardless uh it, it i'm sure they did did that on purpose uh the chariots of pumpkins song which is the next one uh i always loved and one day someone pointed out one of my friends pointed out to me they go you only love that because it sounds like the doctor who theme song um So that might be true. That does sound like a demonic version of the Doctor Who theme song. And then you listen to it, there is clearly you can hear it in there. There is a oh, like a just like the Doctor Who theme song that like that that is clearly in that. And if you've ever listened to like the 80s versions of the Doctor Who theme song, they kind of sound like that. And uh I am I'm a sucker for it. I love all the 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 80s Doctor Who stuff. I just I just bought a copy of Trial of the Time Lords and, and like the, the Blu ray expanded edition of that. And and this isn't a Doctor Who podcast. I would love to do a Doctor Who podcast, but this isn't one. Uh, so l- let's go back to why you're here. All of you tuned in because you knew that it's time. Happy Happy Halloween, 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 Halloween. Happy Happy It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon. Yeah, it's time for the big giveaway, everybody. Nah, I'm just kidding. There's no big giveaway. Nobody's heads exploding into snakes today. We hope that uh, the the London Bridges demonic uh, Silver Shamrock commercial is probably the only thing in Halloween 3 that I'm not a crazy fan of. But It has its own kind of uh, novelty, for lack of a better term. Actually, that's probably the best term to describe it. It has a little bit of novelty. Halloween 3, the disgraced brother of all the Halloween films, which is actually superior to the other Halloween films. Come at me in the comments and tell me why Halloween 3 is a better film. And if you don't agree, watch Halloween 3 again. It's a wonderful movie. And it's, it's fantastic. It's great. If you If you like Doctor Who and you don't like the Halloween franchise, watch Halloween 3. Because you'll probably love it. It's got more in common with sci-fi than, I think, Michael Myers. Which is why. I like it. I treasure it. But this is not a Halloween 3 podcast. Although I would love to do a Halloween 3 podcast. We've got a couple more minutes. Let's go into the time... Years later, when John Carpenter had stepped away from the Halloween gauntlet, and Alan Howarth had come in to do the soundtracks for 4 and 5 by himself. Now, uh, Death Waltz did a bunch of these uh, reissues of uh, the Halloween soundtracks on, on these fantastic LP packages, and uh, someone bought me the Halloween 4 one, and just, I guess they decided Halloween 4 was my favorite one. It's not. I, I mean, maybe it is. I, I think my Halloween timeline would go 1, 2, 4. But, you, you know, it's, uh, I like it, but I, I got a bunch of these. Uh, like, Jake bought me a, a Halloween 4 shirt, baseball tee, and a pin. And my friend Dilworth bought me a Halloween 4 shirt. And then my friend bought me uh, a, a the Halloween 4 soundtrack. And, you know, whatever, right? halloween 4 i suppose it's my favorite so alan howarth yeah he does does the music for that and it it is a little bit different let's listen to a couple clips So yeah, you can you can kinda hear there's the, the drums in there and, and it's it's late eighties now, so you gotta make it kinda fit a little bit better with the times and, and each each of the Halloween's really to to look at the differences between the music, the best thing to do is to is to really just look at the theme song. This is a different theme song for every single one and and uh just they they kinda progressed as the times went on. I mean H two O has like this crazy orchestral movie theme song that sounds like it's from a Disney, like the Disney version of, of the Halloween theme. And it it's it's it all gets very mixed and muddled. Howarth did a, a decent job with 4 and 5. He does 6 as well. But um, other than the addition of, like, uh, guitar on, on the Halloween 6 soundtrack, there are really isn't anything memorable, at least to me, that, that, uh, that sticks out and nothing really stuck out for Halloween soundtracks for me again. I don't even really care about the Rob Zombie remakes as much. Um, but it, it really wasn't until Halloween 2018 came out and I went to see it and a big part of me going to see that was, was knowing that John Carpenter, uh, and his son Cody Carpenter, we're doing the soundtrack again to, to, to for the film. And I was like, okay, well, I need to see this. And one of my favorite tracks from 2018 is on that soundtrack and it is, it is this this track right here. That's The Shape Hunts Allison, and that song is, you know, the moment in the film is fine, but without that track, it would have been just okay. Um, Carpenter, John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and then his godson, Daniel Davies, um, they've been making, not just like soundtracks, but they've been making music and actually touring as a group here. Um, there's some lost themes from, from films or something. There's like a couple lost themes, John Carpenter uh, albums that came out not too long ago. And uh, the the three of them working together to score this film really made for a soundtrack that not only felt new and fresh, it also felt like a great way to pay respects to the other films. And Halloween 2018, I think it took some crap from some people mainly the Halloweenies, which I respect them for their rep- opinions on the film. I, for one, I really enjoyed the film because Halloween 2018, to me, was just a greatest hits compilation of all the Halloweens. It's full of Easter eggs and and things and plot points and plot devices that are just straight up ripped out of other Halloween movies. And some people had some problem with that. But you know what else is, is like, one of the best albums of all time? Tom Petty's greatest hits. <laughs> Halloween 2018 is the Tom Petty's Greatest Hits of the Halloween franchise, man. And you can't have Tom Petty's Greatest Hits without Mary Jane's Last Dance, which was the an original song written for the album that went on to become a hit. Say the shape the the Shape Hunts Allison would be like, like the original track from the Greatest Hits of Halloween franchises. So I liked 2018 quite a bit, and I think the soundtrack is killer and i know we got halloween kills and halloween ends coming up in the next couple of years and i'm really hoping that they they keep john carpenter on board because he's he's got he's the guy with the original vision and and what could be better for your films than having the guy with the original intent and the original vision to put it all together yeah well thanks guys that was my discussion about the halloween franchise and some of the good music in it Thanks for riding along on the spooky episode of Speaking of Nothing. We'll be back next month. We'll look at some other stuff. Remember to always uh, comment on the show on Facebook or uh, hit me up on Twitter, Speaking of Nothing. Uh, hit me up on Instagram, Speaking of Nothing. And, you know, like the Facebook page if you're still on Facebook and, and do all that cool stuff. Uh, a Halloween franchise means a lot to me. It's it's become something that in the last few years I've become kind of passionate about. Um, thanks to you know Michael Rothman and Justin Gerber and Mackenzie Gerber and those guys, and and Dan McCaffrey, all those dudes who've really uh, uh, filled me with hours of entertainment through their through their podcasts have uh, really made me kind of a diehard fan of of this franchise and of podcasting in general. So yeah, shout out to the Halloweenies. I know they'll never hear this, but shout out to them, and a huge, uh, huge shout out to John Carpenter and all of the fantastic music and and that he's not only created but inspired throughout the years. Tune in next time on Speaking of Nothing, and remember to drive home safely. It's now now the the monster man. And it's a graveyard smash. It's It's caught on in a flash. It's now the the monster mash. Now everything's cool. Drax a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the.